Welcome to the Ogletree Deacons podcast, a brief discussion of compelling legal issues and practical insights. Please note that the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be, nor should it be construed as legal advice. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. Please enjoy the program. Greetings and welcome to this segment of Ogletree Deacon's Global Solutions Podcast. My name is Mami Kato and I am a counsel attorney in Ogletree Deacon's Detroit office. Today, I am joined by my colleague Sky Howe from our Atlanta office and we are excited to share with you the latest trend in the APEC region involving remote work, an arrangement that has become the norm everywhere during this pandemic and an arrangement that many employers are looking to implement on long-term basis. With that introduction, Sky, can you give us the general overview of what, what we are seeing in APAC? Hi, everyone. So, as a background information, prior to COVID, removed work was not, not actually common practice in most, most APAC countries. Due to the pandemic and government measures, many organizations in APAC adapt the remote work system. We can see a trend that even after the end of the pandemic, remote work, or at least a hybrid working model, will continue to be the new norm in most APAC countries. This raises some legal questions for employers, for example, dealing with out-of-country remote employees. We see employees from one country traveling to another during the pandemic while remote working and unable to return due to travel restrictions. We also see some data privacy concerns by the company and uh, companies without an effect time tracking system for employees working from home. Today, we will briefly talking about a few APAC countries that have legal updates on remote work. Mommy, could you please let us know what's going on in Japan? Sure, certainly. Thank you, Sky. With respect to Japan, this is a very timely issue. As of March of this year, the 2021, Japanese Ministry of Health, Labor, and Welfare has published an updated telework guidelines for employers. And in Japan, it is called telework. Um, and it should be noted that remote work arrangement in Japan not only includes work from home, but options for mobile work where employees can work from anywhere, including some seaside resort that's hurting from lack of tourism, as well as satellite offices where employees may share office space with others or such as a co-working space arrangement. So for any employers um, operating in Japan, this may be something that you would want to keep in mind that work from home is not the only option when it comes to remote work arrangement. Now, Japanese government has not issued any specific law with respect to remote work, But there are certain requirements that do apply, including the Labor Standards Act, Minimum Wage Act, Occupational Health and Safety Act, Workers' Accident Compensation Insurance Act, to just name a few. So the remote work does uh, require employers to adhere with standard labor laws in Japan. Now, with respect to that, that means the employer still has to honor start time and end time of the workday if it is locked in in the work rules. Um, A lot of employers in Japan has adopted flex time arrangement, which is very conducive 
to remote work. And if you are operating in Japan and have not adopted a flex time arrangement, this may be a good time to consider doing so. With respect to remote work, employers also remain liable for overtime compensation under Labor Standards Act, in particular Article 36. So with respect to employees who may still have to work in the evenings, midnight hours, or on the weekends and holidays, you will still need to um, look into Article 36 overtime agreement and um, submit the report to the local labor offices as required. So that's one thing, um, if you're operating in Japan, something you want to keep, keep in mind. With respect to the safe workplace, employers are still responsible for providing a safe workplace for employees, even in a remote work setting. And this may mean that as an employer, uh, you may need to provide ergonomically sound desks, chairs, and other items to make sure that your employees have a safe working environment. Now, one thing that I would like to point out with respect to Japan is that the recent update in law now prohibits discrimination on the basis of employee status. And what that means is that an employer cannot discriminate with respect to employment opportunities between regular workers and non-regular workers, such as part-timers, contract workers, or dispatch workers. That requirement also extends to remote work opportunities. So, which means if the employer is providing an arrangement or opportunity for remote work to its regular workforce, the same opportunity must be provided or, um, on an equal basis to non-regular workers as well. So as you work through your options on how to implement remote work, uh, that's one thing that I really encourage you to keep in mind. With respect to remote work arrangement, that may not be consistent with the current terms of work rules or employment contracts, as the case may be. Uh, in Japan, those rules will need to be amended uh, in writing with employees' consent. So this may be one part that's different than the United States. The, um, there will need to be some formal or at least a dialogue with employees. And if there is no consent, um, Employers can still implement some changes, but those changes must fall within the realm of reasonableness that the law would permit the employers to implement unilateral work changes uh, in the work rules. So those are sort of some guidelines uh, and backgrounds to think about in Japan. Now, one thing that may be unique to Japan is that by operation of work rules or employment contract, Many employees enjoy uh, commuting expense reimbursements. Now, with remote work, certainly that has become unnecessary in cases of employees working from home, but maybe a slightly different arrangement for employees who may choose to work uh, elsewhere or in the satellite offices. So again, these are the items that will need to be addressed um, and discussed and agreed upon with employees as the landscape changes. Now, Japanese law does not require any um, cost-sharing scheme uh, per se. However, the law does require that if an employee is going to pay for communication equipment or a work supply, then that arrangement must be recorded um, in the work rules. So that's the one requirement. 
Otherwise, the Japanese government's guidance is that any expense associated with implementing remote work not be shifted to employees, and that the employers and employees engage in a dialogue as to how that cost sharing will work, uh, including possibly paying for some portions of the internet and other telephone utility services um, that may be required because of the remote work arrangement or the space rental or any other um, expense that may come with employees' choice to work remotely. So those are the considerations that if you are operating in Japan, that you do want to keep in mind as you proceed forward. With that, Sky, um, how are things looking in China and Taiwan across the Sea of Japan? Thanks, Mommy. Um, that's a really interesting update for Japan, especially for the equal protection part. Um, so for China, currently there is no specific law regulating the remote work, especially for um, legislation passed specifically in regarding to the COVID. Employers in China can initiate a work-from-home arrangement with an employee if the company deems it the best interest of employee health and business operations. To initiate the arrangement, an agreement between the parties must be reached and finalized on paper. It can be an amendment of the employment contract or executing a new employment contract. There are some challenges. For example, time tracking for employees working from home is hard, but it's, but it's harder in China because employees who is under a standard working time system is still subject to the rules of 8 hours per day and 40 hours per week. Employers must make overtime payment to employees working more than that in, in accordance with the China labor law. And also, it's hard to maintain company's data security. With China's newly pro, uh, published data security law, there are potential impact on companies operating in China. And there are also challenges to ensure the home office a safe and healthy working environment. For employers have operation in uh, Taiwan, on June 23rd, 2021, Taiwan's Ministry of Labor issued the Occupational Safety and Health References Guidance on Working from Home. Although the guidance uh, does not impose any penalties on violation of guidance by the employer, it requires the employers um, to identify and evaluate the occupational safety and health risk for employees who work from home and take necessary precautions to a reasonable and feasible extent. The guidance also provides a checklist for employers to examine whether they fulfill their duties. For employers have operations in South uh, Korea, um, as vaccination rate in, in Korea is on a steady rise, Korea is getting ready to transition into its with corona policy. Companies are now resuming international business travel and also asking its employees to return to office. There are several large companies are now fully resuming its business travel and exempting uh, employee from self-quarantine if the employee receives a negative P PCR test result. 
And um, IT companies are not yet in a hurry to return to their employees, uh, ask their employees back to the office as they feel that employees are more productive under the current remote work system. And they also believe that the current remote work system can provide other benefits, such as saving rental costs and also act as a selling point for recruiting reasons. Um, that's all for those uh, countries update. Thanks, Guy. So I think based on what we have discussed between China, uh, Taiwan, Japan, and Korea, there are about three things that we believe would be a good practice or best practice as employers uh, implement remote work arrangement in APEC. First and foremost, uh, this is a perfect opportunity to establish the work from home, uh, telework, remote work policy um, that is specific to your workplace. In order to make sure the expectations and arrangements are clearly laid out and the employees um, and their supervisors are on the same page as to what is expected and um, what, what opportunities and um, hurdles, so to speak, are to be expected when you are taking advantage of that opportunity. Now, one thing I would like to add with respect to Japan is that Ministry of Health, Labor and Welfare has noted to employers to be careful about not using the employee's choice to work remotely as a factor in performance evaluation. Now, this goes somehow to a subconscious level, but the um, advice is that employees who choose to come to the office do not receive higher marks because of that choice, or on the flip side, employees who choose to work remotely not be degraded uh, on their performance evaluation simply on that basis. So again, this goes back to outlining clear expectations and arrangement as to what comes with that choice um, by establishing the remote work policy. The second practice tip is, and Sky touched on this, is a time recording system. As Sky touched on, and as I did as well, um, the overtime requirement or the eight-hour um, work requirements do very much apply in remote work system, which is inherently difficult to track. Uh, again, it's all about establishing expectations and clear guidelines as to what is to be expected. And finally, this is a perfect opportunity to take a look at your employee contract, employee handbook, work rules, uh, whichever the case may be in the country you're operating, and make sure the provisions in those documents are conducive to remote work policy and gives you the flexibility you need to make the program work for yourself as well as employees. So those are the three practice tips that we have based on what we are seeing in APAC. Sky, do you have anything else to add? Thanks, Mami. So um, to reinforce what Mami just said, for most APAC regions, formalities play a huge role. Mommy, thank you again for collaborating with me to, on today's podcast and to everyone tuning in. Thank you again for joining us for today's APAC update. Please look out for our next episode of the Global Solution Podcast. Stay safe, everyone. Thank you for joining us on the Ogletree Deacons Podcast. You can subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. And remember, 
The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as legal advice.